Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Sports Radio 610 presents Area 45 with Bajani and Creighton. Be a part of the show. Give us a shout. 713-572-4610-572-4610. You can call or text on that number. You can watch us. See our pretty faces on Twitch. Just search 610 Houston and Sports Radio 610 on YouTube. A couple of different ways you can watch us. You can tweet as well at Sean Bajani. That's me. He is at P Creighton, the number one on X slash Twitter. Um, Twitter will never go away. Uh, 713 on the text line says, limit NILs, or rather, I'm sorry, it's a 281. Limit NILs to 100000 bucks. No more than that, regardless of school or conference. Why are we limiting players? Why, why are players always the ones to get punished? Why don't they deserve? I mean, the whole reason you watch college football is not because of the coach, is not because of the green grass or turf, not because of the buildings, because of the players. Why do the players always have to take it in the keister while the coaches are making 10 plus million a year? The universities are making hundreds of millions a year. The NCAA is making hundreds of millions a year and the players should be restricted. This is backwards thinking. Stop thinking all the money needs to go to the billionaires and the massive institutions and the money should be going to the little guy. All right, you want to put limits on things? Limit how much money the NCAA gets. All right, limit how much money uh, head coaches are getting because God knows... uh, if, if there was a limit, maybe Texas A&M wouldn't be paying Jimbo Fisher a, a fortune, like $70 million to go away. Yeah, I mean, limit the the amount of years you can sign a television contract, you know, with a provider. Like, yeah, That's what killed the, the, the Pac-12. They signed a long TV contract that wound up proving to be under market. Yeah. They didn't generate enough money to keep up with the other conferences, and now the other conferences raided them, and they all ran. Uh, with the way that 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 enter the entertainment industry, I'll just couch it as that. And I know that's broad, but with the way that just we consume everything has changed just so much already within the last ten years, you shouldn't be allowed to sign like a decade long agreement with a television company because things are going to change. You can't impossibly predict that far out how mu- how lucrative it would be for either side. So, and, and keep in mind how NIL works, right? NIL is private money. Mm-hmm. All right, these are businesses. It doesn't matter yeah. if they're alumni or not, but these are businesses that are putting money to players. You know what happens uh, if a player has a bad season? They don't get re-upped, and they, they don't get any more NIL money. Their NIL money is essentially year to year. Mm-hmm. Not like a coach who's getting a 10-year contract, 8-year contract. Massive coach buyout. gets a 6-year contract, has one good season, gets a 10-year extension, and then sucks. All right? <laughs> They're on. They're year to year, and they're the reason why you watch. 
why should they be limited? Like, I see people say, oh, well, you know, they, they shouldn't be allowed to have as many times in the transfer portal. Why? Coaches lie their damn yeah. asses off to recruits all the friggin' time. They lie about what their timeline is. They lie about their role. They lie about their playing time. They lie about how many other guys they've recruited to that spot. Sometimes they even lie about whether the spot exists. And when they get caught in that lie, what happens is right before it's time to sign, oh, sorry, your scholarship actually went to somebody else. We can't help you. Now it's too late. That kid can't get a scholarship because they're all given out. Now he winds up having to go D2 or D3 or Juco for a year because he lost his scholarship because his coach lied his ass off. Yeah. Stop punishing yeah. players. Your thought process is backwards. It's Well, I mean, we already spent decade upon decade limiting said player, and now you want to just kind of go back. So you're going from the Wild West to, hey, we're going to fix it and limit and cut it at this, $100,000. Like, that. that's... That's not a real solution to a problem. I mean, that creates more issues, as you just laid out, potentially. I mean, I, and, I, and I know, look, that in, to a large degree, that's the extreme, but still, it exists. Um, all that I, does, realistically, Sean, is, all right, you can only do 100 grand above board, so we're just going right back to going under the table. Yeah. When, when there's no limit, more. You're all the money is on the table. You know everything. There's transparency because there's no need to not be transparent. Yeah, Everybody knows how much money is on the table because there's no rule on how much can be there. All you got to do is say, this is how much there is. That's it. I don't know that there needs to necessarily be a cap on how much a, a particular player can make. It's just there would it would be nice if there was a real oversight committee to make sure that things are running as smooth as possible. But and not by the federal government. No, not by the federal government. It's unnecessary. But just have structure. They they went ahead and did this without any real structure already, and now. You know, the Big Ten and the SECs wanting to get together and try to provide just that as the landscape appears to be changing even more yet again in college football. Uh, never mind just the college sports and that entire industry to begin with. I, there's a lot of work to be done. I think it's very, very early. The impetus, uh, the stages to before you get to any realistic type of solution, though, if it is able to be sped up like the NIL has, you know, where it was just like nothing one day and then bam, here we go. Like that, sh that should be at least a little bit closer to uh probability than an impossibility. Uh, our guy, Nate Griffin this morning, Hollywood uh, talked to Astros GM, Dana Brown. We're inside two weeks away from pitchers and catchers reporting coming up February 14th, just 11 days away. Uh, Dana Brown confirmed that Lance McCullers, who uh, recently hosted the Houston Sports Awards, will in fact be reporting to spring training when pitchers and catchers report. So that prompted uh, us to get thinking a little, maybe it's early, but we're excited about baseball season being here. It should be another uh, awesome, awesome Astros season. A lot of hope, a lot of promise. This World Series window, hopefully remaining open for a couple of three more years and maybe beyond if Dana Brown's able to work his magic, uh, to thinking about roster projections. And, you know, we spent a lot of time the other day talking about bullpen with the acquisition of Josh Hader, the five-year, $95 million deal that he got. 
Uh, I thought that went a long way, PC. I mean, it was it was at least the first step in Dana Brown kind of proving to everybody here in the city of Houston and Astro fans everywhere that, yes, you know what? He's going to be the aggressive guy that he said he was going to be literally from day one when he took this job uh, before last season. So I was excited about that. But from a let's 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 start with the starting rotation. You know, we we mentioned the other day when the season gets going with that first four game set at home against the New York Yankees, those first four games are going to be a part of 38 in which they will play over the course of the next 40 days when the season begins. Which is so idiotic. Why are you hammering down Mm. these massive stretches of, of consecutive games that early in the season? You're basically begging teams... Uh, you're going to have a bunch of injuries early in the season. Just tell your fans. I mean, thank God you didn't have the WBC this year. <laughs> I mean, it's probably, probably like pretty, nobody's playing. That's it. Nobody's freaking playing. It, it's probably pretty crazy like every year. I mean, you get the sense that it is, um, but it's a lot. And you're worried about it from an Astro standpoint because, hey, look, you're going to have Justin Verlander back again for a full season. And you want to make sure that it's for a full season for Justin Verlander, there is no doubt in my mind that, one, the Astros are going to go with a six-man rotation. They have the dudes to do it, and I don't even need to include Lance McCullers or Luis Garcia. Beyond that, you have dudes that can do it. They put the scrappy together like the Texans did with their offensive line this season for... For, for it to be possible last year when guides were riddled with injuries in the first month, month and a half of the year. So, six-man rotation, we agree? Yes. That's, that's definitely going uh, to happen. Not only do I believe that they will do a six-man rotation, but I also believe that if a guy in the rotation goes down, they will continue the six-man rotation. They will plug somebody in there. Yeah. Even if that person is a three- to four-inning pitcher, they will plug somebody in there and keep that schedule. The most important thing is is to keep Justin Verlander healthy. Don't let him wear down. Is he 42 years old now? He's not taking the ball every fifth day. No. And he certainly, you're not trying to have him take the ball every fifth day, 38 you know, out of 40, and, and crazy stretches like that. Making sure he has the right amount of time to recover and that he is healthy all the way through the season is job one. The other part of that is you think about guys like Christian Javier, who... 150 innings, about as far as he's gone. Hunter Brown, Jose Arquiti's shoulder, J.P. France threw 150 innings, a career mm-hmm. high by 40 innings. All right, all these guys need to have some sort of innings management because if if you if these guys were to start throwing 190, 200 innings, you're going to see like what happened to France last year, which was he was absolutely freaking gassed going down the stretch yeah. in September, and he couldn't get anybody out. Yeah. You just mentioned there are three, four, five, six guys right there, JV1 and Fromber 2. There's your six-man rotation as That's far it. as I'm concerned. Uh, the bullpen looks really good from 987. Josh Hader, Ryan Presley, Brian Abreu. You pencil in Rafael Montero and cross your fingers, both uh, sets of hands there that he has a bounce-back season this year, uh, closer to the one that he had in 22. Brandon Belak. Renel Blanco, Dylan Coleman. Dylan Coleman is whom they traded uh, prospect for from the Kansas City Chiefs. Was that in the last month Kansas or so? Royals. Can- what did I say, Kansas City Chiefs? <laughs> Damn, football season, maybe. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to the Super Bowl in a little bit. Uh, but, yeah, 
the Kansas City Royals. So there you go. You got Hayter, yeah. Presley, Abreu. So they got him from the Royals for Carlos Mateo. That's right, uh, yeah. He's, he's 27, and last year, Coleman struggled. Right, he he only threw eighteen innings in the, in the majors, and he didn't pitch very well. But the year before, through sixty-eight innings, at the major league level, with a two seventy-eight ERA, a one twenty-three WHIP, and he struck out seventy-one guys in sixty-eight innings. Mm-hmm. So he he struggled badly. He had an eight eighty ERA last year, but he went through eighteen innings. Yeah. So you're talking about a guy who has had success in the past. He strikes out about ten guys per nine, so he's he's gonna miss bats. Uh, there's there's potential there for him as a guy who can be a, a, a major league reliever who at one point in time, recent time, had a significant, like a whole season of success, which is more than what a lot of the other guys competing for that spot have done. Right Now, in the bullpen, uh, you'll see after your, your big three and then Montero, I have Brandon Belak, I have Renel Blanco, I have Dylan Coleman. Mm-hmm. Belak, I believe, is out of options, so he's on the roster or he's or he's waived. Yeah, because you have guys who are going to have innings. I don't want to say limit, but monitoring. Basically, everybody not named from or Valdez has some sort of innings monitoring. Uh, with Verlander, you address it by having well, a six-man rotation. I mean, Verlander monitoring, else. yeah, but I mean, you would expect guys like Hunter Brown to take that next step, you know, and get to a, a a higher threshold of innings pitched. He did it last year. We were worried about it, but he should be able to take that next step along with JP France, along with Christian Javier. Historically, when you have guys who take big steps in innings pitched, mm-hmm. they are at much greater risk of diminished performance and greater risk of injury. So Rick Peterson used to call it the rule of 50. Mm -hmm. Uh, You did not want a starting pitcher to throw more than 50 innings over his previous career high in any one season, that they had done the homework on this. And 50 was the magic number where the injury rates and ineffective rates spike through the roof. Yeah. So when you have a guy like J.P. France who threw 40 innings last year more than he ever did and you saw him wear down, you don't want to push him to 195 innings and then a postseason. Sure. Uh, The idea is maybe you get him to 195 innings if you go all the way through the World Series. Yeah. So the reason that I think guys like Belak and Blanco are important to the bullpen is these are guys who can give you multiple innings. Uh, they can spot start for you and give you three to four innings. Mm-hmm. They can also tandem for you. So if you have maybe Christian Javier thrown 97 pitches in four innings, it's happened before. You don't have to try to push a fifth inning out of Javier. You can go to a guy who can give you two innings. The reality is with Hader, Presley, Abreu, you can shorten games to six innings. Yes. How you get to that six innings when you have a couple of guys like like Blanco and Belak that can give you multiple innings, that gives you more flexibility that you don't have to burn a Bray Romontero to get through a sixth. Mm-hmm. So now let's say Hunter Brown only gets through five. All right, well, I could go to Dylan Coleman. I can go to Ronald Blanco, get my sixth, and have my seven intact. Let's say Jose Arquiti only gets through three. 
I can go to Brandon Belak and get two or three innings from him. I can go to Ronald Blanco and get three innings from him. Sure. Now I'm into the meat of my bullpen, you know, the back end, the hammers, and I didn't have to burn them early. Yeah. And those guys, so I can only throw one one guy. So if I get three innings out of Belak, right, that saves the rest of my pen. I didn't use Montero. I didn't use Coleman. Now, if, if the next day, let's say J.P. France only goes four innings, I can get two innings out of Renel Blanco. I didn't have to use Belak. I didn't have to use Montero. I didn't have to use Coleman. I stay with the back of my pen. And on days where, say, one of Hayter, Presley, Abreu is not going to be available, Montero is going to slide into the bottom end mm-hmm. of that crew. Yeah. So if Hayter isn't available today, Presley's your closer, Abreu's the eight, Montero's the seven. Yeah. Same thing if Presley is Hayter. If Abreu's not available, Montero would move up into the seventh inning. So you have the back end of your pen is set, and then you have guys on the underbelly of your pen who can give you length, who can spot start, and having that ability in your pen to have guys who give you multiple innings especially when you're on a six-man rotation with a lot of these guys, Javier, Brown, Urquidy, France. These guys are five-inning pitchers. Yeah, and we'll see how Spencer Arigetti factors into at some point this year for the Astros, too, I think right? Arigetti is going to have a role on the team at some point. Yeah. But he's not on the 40, so I don't see them starting the clock unnecessarily. Right, if they have to. He really could could use a full year at AAA. Mm-hmm. He only got what, a month and a half at AAA last year. I'd like to see him get a full year at AAA, and if they need him, let him be like a late August call-up. Uh, and, you know, this way he's had a hopefully had a successful year in AAA, and he comes up and he's confident, he's got his stuff ready. Let him have that kind of year, build him up. Don't just throw him right into the wolves. Because I, I do think that he could use a little bit more polish. Stuff is there. The, the mindset is there. You want to see the polish at a higher level. Yeah, you just hope you don't have to because Luis Garcia and Lance McCullers aren't slated to come back until right around late summer, right? Like July, August. And so if things aren't trending well with J.P. France, Hunter Brown, Christian Javier, even a Jose Urquidy, if God forbid he has another early season injury, you might be forced into action if you're a Spencer Arigetti, kind of like J.P. France was last year. No, he was- and I, th- I think Arigetti is the first guy up mm-hmm. if there is an injury to a starter. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, you might have to go to a Belak or a Blanco for that one start, the emergency start. But then I think you're talking about putting Arigetti into that into that spot. He's Patrick Creighton, Sean Bajani. It's Area 45. Uh, Chris Santiago producing at Sports Radio 16. Coming up next, we've got hot leads, the top stories from around the sports world today. We'll have it for you next at Sports Radio 610. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. These are the new leads. Now look, I need the lead. These are the Glen Gary leads. Two lead cards for tonight, two lead cards for tomorrow. Why give him the good leads? He's got the leads. He's got the leads. He's got the good leads. The whole thing is the leads. They stole the Glengarry leads. Let's talk about something important. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. Hot leads, Area 45. I'm Bajani. He's Creighton. Chris Santiago producing. It is time for the day's top stories. We'll start with the Houston Rockets hosting the Toronto Raptors tonight. Raptors coming in at 17 and 30. Uh, on the evening, Rockets three games below 500, 22 and 25. They've lost seven of 10. They're nine and 16, their last 25. But tonight, none of that matters. They are blowing the brakes off of the Toronto Raptors. 80 to 58 is where we stand right now with about seven and change remaining in the third quarter. Nobody for the Rockets really standing out. This is a entire team effort of just kicking the Raptors' ass, Patrick. High score for the Rockets. Uh, of course, Alperin Shingoon having a ball game, 15 points, 9 boards, 7 dimes, on his way to a triple-double, 7-10 from the field. This is, I'm not going to go through all the numbers. To me, this is the most important number. They're 5-16 of 16 from 3 tonight, but they're shooting 59% from the field. It is not often. In fact, it is a rarity in which the Rockets not only are putting the ass-whooping on a team, but are just winning in a ball game when they're not hitting the three tonight they are not hitting a three but they are absolutely crashing the glass kicking the raptors butts on the boards and they're getting to the paint i think last glance they were up 50 to 30 points in the paint on toronto uh they're crushing them in the paint they're they got plus 10 in the rebound uh, i'm in thompson has 12 points he is six of six from the field and uh you know plus 16 he's got five boards Cam Whitmore's got eight points in eight minutes. Like This is, they've got five guys in double figures. Cam's got eight. Brooks has six. So, very high probability they're going to wind up with at least seven guys in double figures. Yeah. This is this is a nice, nice get well game for the Rockets, who with a win tonight will equal their win total from all of last season. How about that? And don't look now, but Jalen Green... Uh, having himself another efficient night, 7-13 from the floor, though 0-3 for three from 3. Uh, he's got 14 points, 3 boards. Don't look now, man, but Jalen Green is putting together one of the better stretches of basketball that he has since he's been in the league. And he has been the topic of conversation, certainly on this show, but just really in this city about maybe being the centerpiece of a deal that could get done, that maybe a lot of people want to get done inside of the next week with the trade deadline coming up February 8th. Earlier today, uh, Fred Van Vliet weighed in on Jalen Green's growth and promise. 
Yeah, you just gotta keep going. I mean, it's, it's really just like a mentality, a physicality that he's bringing to the table. Rebounding the ball at a higher clip, being more aggressive into the rim. Um, you know, just finding a, a steady shot diet of things that he likes. And, uh, he's learning, man. This is, really is like his first year playing, you know, a real winning, certified, accountable basketball. So there'll be ups and downs, um, certainly. But, uh, I mean, he's a hell of a talent. The sky's the limit for him, so I'm just trying to be there to kind of be another voice and another pair of eyes to help him kind of, um, you know, see how to attack. Translation everybody be patient. The kid's young, he's 21, he's growing. Are the Rockets in a position to where they can afford to be patient with Jalen Green right now? We've talked about otherwise, but you convinced at all that maybe, in fact. Rockets should be a little bit more patient with a guy like Jalen Green. Do they have the ability to be more patient? Sure they do. They don't seem to have the desire mm-hmm. to be more patient. That is something that we've seen reported on uh, that Emil Doka wants to be in the postseason. We know Tillman Fertitta wants to be in the postseason. You know what? Now that they've got to you know, give away some of, those, some of those pick swaps that they have with the yeah. Thunder... They don't want those to be lottery picks. They want them to be back half of the drafts. So doesn't hurt so bad. Mm-hmm. You swap them with the Thunder, who have now become one of the best teams of the Western Conference. They're going to be drafted way down the bottom of the first round. Yeah. You don't want to be handing them, you know, pick seven when they're giving you pick twenty-seven. Exactly. So you you want to get into the twenties. You want to you you want to make it not hurt so bad. And you know what they've they've gotten a lot of young guys on this team who are progressing Jalen. I know the, con- the concern with Jalen is that he seemed to be progressing the slowest, but he also had the most responsibility as far as ball handling, uh, facilitation, mm-hmm. etc. So when his shot isn't falling, oh, what's going on with Jalen Green? Why isn't he playing any better? This is ridiculous. It's three years. The question becomes, what do you really believe is his ceiling? It looks like Ime finally got through to him on the need to play both ways, the need to be more active, the need to get involved uh, with rebounding because rebounding jumpstarts his transition game. And as you can see, he's great when he gets to the rack. So they want him to get out on the break. They want him to run in transition. And that starts with getting more boards. So it looks like it's finally clicking mm-hmm. for him and we're starting to see a little more consistency out of Jalen Green this last couple of weeks. What is his ceiling? Are you willing to wait for it or is there the possibility of getting somebody who's already an absolute bona fide freaking stud? I like Mikel Bridges but I like Donovan Mitchell a whole lot better. And I wouldn't kick either one of them out of bed to be honest with you man if the Rockets o- wanted to make a deal for one of them. But you can only get one. Yeah. And whichever guy you get, you'd have to give up Jalen Green. If you give up Jalen Green for Mikel Bridges, and then you wind up with, I could have got Donovan, mm-hmm. you're going to kick yourself in the ass. Yeah, that and two, you better get ready to spend 40 per year. On any star, you're going to have to spend 40 per year. And remember, with Jalen, you're getting to the point where you got to give him that rookie extension. Yeah. And you know what he's going to be looking for? The max. Yep, he's going to be looking for the bag. You want to live in the hospital for five weeks this time? You thought I was tough? This jump will kill you. All right. Come on, come on. Get your head on your shoulders, man. Think about the fight. Think about the fight. Great 
clip that you pulled there, Chris. Good job. Um, best known as Apollo Creed in the Rocky movies, Happy Gilmore, Mandalorian, Star Wars, many, many more. That was uh, Carl Weathers. Uh, unfortunately, sad news today, passing at the age of 76, no cause of death reported. How many people do you think uh, actually realized or remembered that Carl Weathers spent two years in the NFL as a linebacker for the Raiders? Back in the day. Of course it was the Raiders too, right? Of course it was the Raiders. Like, that's the perfect team for that cat. I think he only played in like eight career games. It was. I remember looking back at his pro football reference page. Not extensive, but still very, very cool nonetheless. You told me this earlier, and it's been a while since I'd seen Carl Weathers. But at the age of 70-something, you know, recent picture, dude still looked jacked. 76, and he's jacked. Yeah. He's, He's Huge. He's like one of those dudes you see at 24-hour fitness, like the old guys on the wall. Like, you can look like this, and he's this guy. They say he's 80, but he's, like, ripped and has, like, the body of, like, a ripped 50-year-old, <laughs> which I still hope I can get one day. It's like, I don't too. know what supplements he's on. But right. Take a few. Carl I mean, Weathers, man. He was he was Grief Karga in The Mandalorian, and, and he looked great. That was impressive, Mando. Very impressive. Now, the very first thing that I ever remember seeing him in, obviously, is Rocky. Yeah. And Rocky was in 1976. His acting career actually started in 1973. <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna bang off a few here that I remember him being in. You tell me if you remember these. All right. He was in... He was in Serpico. He's Snake in Serpico. Oh, wow. No, I don't remember, but no. I'm going to go watch that again now. Uh, he is obviously Rocky too. He's in Force 10 from Navarone. Nope, never saw never it. Never saw that. He's in Death Hunt. That sounds familiar. Who else is in that? He wasn't the main, he wasn't the main guy. No, he's, he's Sundog in uh, in Death Hunt. That's a Charles Bronson movie. Bronson! I, I knew it. I didn't want to say it and be wrong. Okay, cool. All right, He so then you have Rocky 3. Now you're to 1982. Rocky Four. He's in the Defiant Ones, nineteen eighty six. I didn't see that. Uh, he is Dylan in Predator, the original Predator. Oh yeah, nineteen eighty seven. Yeah. He's Action Jackson. Yeah. Um. He's a he's a Happy Gilmore, nineteen ninety six. He's you know he's Chubbs. Classic. Yeah. He's in Little Nicky because he's Chubbs again. <laughs> um. He's the GNC guy in Eight Crazy Nights. Eight Crazy Nights. Yeah, the animated Adam Sandler. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't see that, but I know I've heard of it. That was probably it for him, because I haven't seen him in anything recent. He's, 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 I didn't he's see got, Mandalorian. He's got these roles. Like, remember the, the Balto movies, like the kids movies, the dog? Mm-hmm. He's in Balto 3 as the voice of one of the dogs. <laughs> um, he, does an epi- he does two episodes of The Shield. Okay, cool. Uh, he's he's he did an episode of Psych. Uh, he's in a four episodes of Arrested Development. Okay, yeah. So he was just kind of hanging on like the latter years of his. He's in two episodes of Regular Show. I haven't seen that one either. Yeah, you miss me on a lot of the. He's, la- he's the voice of Jax in Mortal Kombat X. What? Yeah. <laughs> Then, like, if you watch, like, you got a lot of voice work, like recent years. TV shows, right? He's in Chicago Fire. He's in Chicago PD. 
He's in Chicago Justice. Like, what was it? NBC, they've got like an entire night where it's just all Chicago shows. Yeah, yeah. Um, he And then, of course, he's... Uh, he did it. He did a Law and Order SVU, and he did. He was in Toy Story Four. He's Combat Carl's. Oh, Toy Story 4. yeah. Okay, okay. And, and then of course he's the Mandalorian, where he's in nine different episodes as Grief Karga. Yeah, I have not seen that yet. Yeah, Chris, dude, Mandalorian no. is awesome. Yeah, Chris swore by it earlier when he was telling me. I'm gonna have to check that out. I need a new show. I need a new show. That I've, one right there. I've been. Uh, I can't commit to anything, man. I can. Well, count you gotta on- remember something, C six. This dude, proud member of the I Never Watch Star Wars crew. Never. Oh, no. Never. Oh, come on. Not one single. You, really? I Not one single solitary second. No Star Wars. It's a no lot Star easier Trek. to understand what's going on in The Mandalorian if you've watched Star Wars. Yeah, I mean. At least if you watch the originals. It's, um, it. you said this to me earlier, I think. It, it's probably going to take me losing a bet before I have to watch Star Wars. I'm going to make it a point to watch them I, at some point. Watch with the little guy. Is he ready for that at four? He's about the age. Oh, listen, the first Star Wars movie was 1976. Uh, I was three the first time. What, a 78? 77, sorry. First Star Wars movie is 1977. I was four. All right, better question for you. Am I ready for that? Oh, uh, yeah. The, first, the, the originals? Yeah. Well, here's why I ask. Because if he has a bad dream, my ass got to wake up in the middle of the night and go tend to it. <laughs> nah, I don't think he'll, like... The, when you get into the prequels, there's a lot of goofy characters, mm-hmm. and like their faces are right up and in front of you. Yeah. Whereas, thing at the time, 1977, you know, they're they put like a little M80 on a on a clay thing to blow it up, make the shape spaceship blow up. Yeah. So, uh, you're not getting a whole lot of super close ups of the bad guys. All right. All right. I mean, I'll I'll think about giving it a shot. I'll run it by the wife. Just be prepared. He's probably gonna ask for some lightsabers. And I'm then you can lightsaber fight with your little guy. I'm all good That's with that. That's awesomeness. Go. Hey, he's at the age, man. We're having a lot of fun doing stuff now. So Wait till he tries to force choke you. It's all good. I'll just pass that one off to the uh, to the mother-in-law. <laughs> he just look at you and go, put his hand like, like I'm choking you. Well, it kind of already happens. <laughs> he's Patrick Creighton, Sean Bajani, Area 45. It's that time. Braggy Bomb has gone away. It is now Wild Soul. I contest that my salsa will kick his ass. We will have a uh, salsa contest, a taste test, coming up next on Area 45. Salsa Wars! God, I feel born again. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Area 45 with Bishani and Creighton. All right, time for the salsa contest. Sean Bajani, that's me. He's Patrick Creighton, Chris Santiago producing Salsa Wars. It is Salsa Wars, fresh off of a uh, Star Wars uh, segment last <laughs> last segment. Uh, from the 713, if the 49ers win, you have to watch Star Wars, says one texter. So, yep, maybe. Maybe I could do that because I, I did say just hand the Chiefs the trophy right now. Let's get it over with. So Alex Bregman's got a new salsa. It's called Wild Soul. I heard uh, Breggy Bomb wasn't very good. 
uh, from various people. But knowing what I know about Channel 2's Ari Alexander, whom I saw post this on Twitter the other day, uh, he's a foodie. I trust his uh, judgment. He said the new stuff, Wild Soul, was really good. He tried the mango habanero, and um, I could not find this at HEB earlier today when I went. Actually, I had sent my wife, so when she went, she could not find it. She said, hey, they don't have it, but they got braggy bombs. I said, buy it. Bring it. We'll do it with braggy bomb. You gave her a honeydew list. Gave her a honeydew list, and she executed as best she possibly could. So uh, the f- I'm not going to tell you if... What's mine or what's his? I will just tell you both guys, in all fairness, the first one you're going to try is probably the hottest. So be forewarned. Okay. When you try the first one, you're going to immediately rate the heat level. You can choose mild, medium, or hot. Okay. Well, hold on a second because as long as we're doing the whole uh, salsa wars thing, Uh I can put on my... You know, the fact that I am a former barbecue judge. Ooh, okay. I, I was a barbecue judge at the Humble Rodeo a couple of years ago. Let's and I go, got, okay. I got to eat all kinds of awesome food. How do you get that gig? Can uh, you hook me up this year? I knew somebody who was on the committee, and they said they needed a judge. And I said, I'll come up and eat. <laughs> all right, so I'm looking at the two salsas. Don't confuse them now. Now, I'm gonna, I am gonna. I want to see if I can get these to the, the camera here. This is salsa number one. No, no, no. That's number one. Oh, okay. So this is salsa number two, which if you look at it, looks like a jarred salsa, right? This looks like the kind of salsa you find in a jar. Salsa number one, this looks more like the kind of salsa you get in an authentic Mexican restaurant. So I'm going to guess that this one is the one Bajani made. It also smells a lot better. This actually smells really good. Uh, it's got a different texture. It's not as watery. It's not as bright red. It's thicker. It's got more spices in it. You can see them. It has a great smell to it. A little thicker. This one looks like a real, like, authentic salsa. All right. You ready to give it a shot? Now, I want to do this a little backwards. Okay. Because you said you think number one is going to be hotter Mm -hmm. than number two. I want to do number two first because of this reason. As the person among the three of us who maybe doesn't handle hot very well, uh-huh. I don't want to singe every taste bud in my mouth <laughs> on the first bite and then not taste anything else the rest of the, of the day. All right, fair. So, you don't have anything to wash. Oh, you have a Coke. Okay. Oh, I, and I got two more. Don't worry. We're good. All right. So we got our we got our chipses. We got our Kalidad chips, yellow corn Kalidad <laughs> chips. All right, hey, Chris, make sure you're trying number two first. Number so two So try the same first. one with Patrick. It's the redder of the two. Okay, we're going to get a little, little on here. I'm going to regret this. I put them in the microwave for about 30 seconds, so hopefully it's warm enough for both. Because I contest, you can't really have a legitimate salsa unless it's warm. If I go to a Mexican restaurant and I have cold salsa and it's, it, it's just, it doesn't hit. I hate that. I mean, it's like going to the Monterey house back in the day. I agree. I right? Agree. You get, mm-hmm. Real salsa is warm. Warm, yep. All right, so what would you think All of the right. first one? So give me a second here. He's <laughs> <laughs> already sweating. Chris, what would you think? It's okay. I mean, okay. It's, it's so so g- give me the heat. Give me the heat level. Mild, medium, or hot on that first one? Mild. How would you rate it? Mild. Mild? I would, I would call it medium. But again, um, I'm not... 
a native Texan. I'm an adopted Texan. Fair. So <laughs> Damn New Yorkers, man. I'm going to call it medium. It's medium to me, which is probably mild to C-Sex. All right. I think that's about the right level. If, if I'm one above him, that's probably normal. Uh, flavor was not bad. Flavor was pretty good. All right. It was probably like middle of the road, like five, six. I want you to, I want you to score it. You have one of three to choose from. You can choose nope, meh, or hell yeah. I'm going to give it a meh. A meh? All right. It's a meh. Me too. Meh. All right. Cool. Not a big fan. All right. We got two mehs. All right. Now you guys are going to try now the second go one. So the, the one that's a little, little, little browner. We're going to go to that one. Let me get a get you a good pull. Here. Get you a good pull off of these so you can get a good idea. Here we go. All right. Was it was it hot enough, by the way? Like temperature wise? Were yeah. they were they warm? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, that's the key. I wanted to give both a fair shot. So Chris, did you have yours yet? All right, yeah. what do you th- what do you think? It's not spicy. I need I need second one's not spicy at all? A little, a little mm-hmm. more. Okay. All right, so you rated the first one mild, Chris. What would you rate the second one? Mild. Mild? Okay. PC? So, hold on. <laughs> He's got to take a pull off the Coke. That's right. <laughs> it's at least going to be medium, I think, for PC. It required a pull off the Diet Coke. Now, I took a second bite of this because I wanted to make sure what I thought the first time. Uh-huh. Like the texture. I like the flavor a little better. Mm-hmm. Um, different kind of heat. The first one, as soon as I bit it, felt the heat. Mm-hmm. This one, when you first bite it, you don't feel the heat, and then it creeps up on you. <laughs> um, I don't know that one is necessarily hotter than the other, but I like the texture and the flavor of the one we just did over the other one. All right. All right, so give me the give me the give me the heat rating on the second one. Uh, medium. Medium. It's right. a medium medium heat, which is good for me because if they were hot, I would not be able to speak right now. <laughs> so, um, the thing I liked about it is this one, uh, the one we just did, which I believe is the Sean Bajani one. That one had like the sneaky heat, uh-huh. so you feel it the more you eat it, it builds up. Whereas the first one. Soon as you bite into it, right into your nose. All right. All right. So give me the scoring. Give me a nope, a mat, or a hell yeah on the second one. All right. This is tough. Because I don't know that I'm going to hell yeah on anything because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm somewhat. But I would more. So it's going to qualify it as a meh, but it's a better meh than the other meh. A better meh. Okay. All right, Chris. So like this would be like. A six and a half man, and that would be like a five man. All right, all right. I like this one better than the other one. So, okay. yeah, kind of like Pat, like Patrick. It's it's good. It's better than the other one. But yeah, so you're gonna go better man. Yeah, better man. Yeah, <laughs> he created a different scoring system. Yeah, okay. there we go. All right, all right. So, so I think we both like yours better. How do you know which one's mine? Button? Because this looks homemade. <laughs> yeah, I, I could. T- I mean, I've already had Breggy salsa, but 
Yeah, you knew. You, that, I, I knew you would. Uh, you'd figure it out first and Reggie foremost. Reggie salsa but. doesn't look any different to me than Tostito salsa. That looks like a Paige Picani sauce, right? Maybe like a little less chunky. That is exactly. You went in the supermarket aisle with the chips where you grabbed a jar, and that's how it comes out. All mm-hmm. those things look the same. That's what it looks like. It looks like Tostito salsa. By the way, uh, the Breggy Bomb, I could have gotten uh, medium or hot, and I got hot. So that's what? Hot? You, that's hot. That is hot Breggy Bomb salsa, and mine. Uh, I'm so I put, proud of myself that I ate hot salsa and called it medium. I, I am so proud of myself. I made 40 ounces of hot sauce because I eat this like multiple times on the daily when I have it available at the he house. He puts that bleep on everything. I put it on everything. I put two habaneros in there, and they were massive, and I put uh, two serranos. I definitely need some to take home to show to my girlfriend. She likes salsa, so. Take it. It's yours. Thank you. I got plenty. <laughs> I'll be looking forward to it. I got plenty. I'm glad that at least, Wait. you know, I, even though I got a better meh, I'm glad I at least got somebody that requested to uh, want to take it oh, home. Yeah, for Dude, sure. It, I'll take some home. My wife and my daughter, yeah. they'll scarf that. Okay. Well, I, I'll have to bring you some more uh, next Ellen, week. Ellen, if you have extra, my son eats it, and I'm going to see him in Dallas this weekend. So Yeah, I didn't bring that much because, well, selfishly, I wanted to keep some for me over the weekend. But I did. Why so selfish, man? <laughs> I did bring enough for you guys to taste test a little bit. You're still eating the chips, though, so I mean, that's a good I sign. I will say, this, your salsa would taste good with some breakfast tacos. Yeah, breakfast man. Tacos. Mm. You know what? I, my favorite thing to do with the salsa is I put it on tamales, the H-E-B tamales. Oh, yeah. I, lo- I love salsa and Dude. I mean, that takes it to a different level. Mm-hmm. But, like, even the little street tacos, there's a... Uh, there's a little food truck by my house outside of a gas station. It doesn't sound great. doesn't sound appealing. Just that already. But it's a uh, El Salvadorian uh, taco truck. And you get these little street tacos from there. You put that salsa on them. Fire. Absolutely amazing. You're wiping your nose over there, Chris. Yeah, so this is a it built. thing. Yeah, it's it's in our jeans. Oh, it's a sneaky heat. Yeah, yeah it is. it is. So you want to change that rating? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? If, a, a little bit bummed. If you had four like four scoops of that, uh-huh. yeah, I think it probably would have hit hot. All right. All right. That's what I like about it. It's like it, you keep eating it, and it's, the taste is so good. Like, yeah, the heat builds, but it's so good. You just Next thing you know, stop. you're sweating. Yeah. I, that's what I love Nose about it. Nose is running. By the way, um, you mentioned the Rockets and the Raptors playing. They're in the fourth quarter right now. The line to start this game was Rockets minus four and a half. Over under 232 and a half. Mm-hmm. They're just under nine minutes to go in the fourth quarter. And the Rockets lead by 29. Let's go. 109 to 80. Yeah. Alpi's taking over, too, by the way. He's got 24 on the night, 10 of 14 from the field, 12 boards, he needs seven two assists for, uh He needs two assists for Does triple he have eight double. now? Does He's he got eight, eight assists now. Nice. Here we go. Cam go. has 20 points in 16 minutes. Uh, Amen Thompson, 17.7 boards. They have... Six guys in double figures. Beautiful thing, man. Doing what you should at home against a bad Raptors squad before you go on the road. and uh, Probably going to take your medicine in a couple of those ball games. <laughs> you get to see the Raptors in one of them, though, I think, in a few days. So that's good. Uh, so, yeah, Rockets up 109 to 80. All right. Well, I'm glad it was a success. Glad you guys liked it. And I, I really was fear, fearful that 
PC. I was going to make him run out of here. <laughs> I, I feel you have no idea. I am so proud of myself. You bought hot salsa. I ate it. And I didn't die. Let's go. So proud of myself. I am becoming a Texan. I was going to kill you before we even have a full week of a show. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, final hour of the program coming up next. This is going to be really interesting, I think. Uh, the Commanders and Orioles coattailing your Texans and Astros. We'll talk about it next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 